Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. You drink deeply of Jesus. Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Do you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. going to speak the raw truth. I'm going to speak to you today raw truth. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. When we sin, we not only hurt ourselves, but we hurt also people that we love. We need to be very clear about how God feels about sin. Sin is what cost him the life of Jesus. Sin is what cost him the world. It's been very expensive to God. We need to understand that when when I say it has cost him, these have been precious people that he loved. Until we're willing to come to terms with the ugliness of sin, 
until we're willing to begin to realize that as long as we're walking in sin, there's no possibility of a redemption. Redemption only comes by the prayer of repentance. Salvation is free. It is God's gift to us by faith. But that cannot be taken cheaply. Many of you have listened to this broadcast, but you have taken the words that I've spoken to you very cheaply. You think that God is not going to deal with your sin. But he is going to deal with it. It is at the great judgment seat where the final decision is made regarding your personal life. It's very, very, very personal. He will look at you and what you have done. And he will make a decision about whether or not You spend eternity in a place of fire or whether you spend eternity in a kingdom of bliss and wonder and love. Now, you're going to listen to this and say, he's not serious. I am serious. This is serious. I'm going to share a story. It's not a story that I like. A story that breaks my heart. Joshua, 7th chapter. They have utterly destroyed Jericho. And now they come little town called Ai. 12,000 inhabitants versus Jericho, which was a city. They finish their assignment at Jericho, and they now move on Ai. Joshua sends men to spy out the land. He comes back, they come back with a report and say, look, Ai is just a very small town. We don't need to tire everybody out by having them climb up this mountain. Take out Ai. It's an unimportant town. So they go AI, 36 men die. With the Lord in charge of the war, serving the Lord God of heaven to accomplish his purpose in cleansing the land. No one dies. But now 36 men have died. Joshua comes back. His men. And they throw themselves on the ground with their face down. Weeping before God. They knew this should not have happened. Chapter 7, Joshua. But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things 
for Aiken. Aiken broke faith, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. This is so hard to understand. We serve a God who seems so majestic and so kind and so loving and so Get the word. Some of you really like to use it a lot. I don't. It's not a biblical word at all. But we say God loves us unconditionally. God does not love us unconditionally. Jesus dying on Calvary's cross was a was a poke in the eye. God does not love us unconditionally. He loves us unfailingly, but not unconditionally. That word is not even used in the scripture to describe God. It's a lie. I'm going to call it out straight as it is. About 3,000 men went up from the people. But they fled before the, the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men. So now we have these men have, have lost their families. Children have lost their daddies. There's grieving in the camp. And Joshua says, Oh Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? Now what's going to happen to your great name, O God? Today we have a church that's powerless. That powerless church is so because the church has sinned and broken covenant with the Almighty God. So they put dust on their heads on their clothes of mourning, fasting. And he makes an accusation against God. Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been contented to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say? Israel has turned their backs before their enemies. They will cut us off. They will surround us and kill us. And then what will you do for your great name? Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant, but I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have devoted themselves for destruction. 
I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. And in the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes. And the tribes that have been taken, then clans, finally households. Now, I want you to see something. Say, Pastor, that's Old Covenant. Yes, exactly. This is Old Covenant. The Old Covenant, when you sin against the Almighty God, you die. In the Old Covenant, when you break the law, you die. New Covenant, Paul in Romans, the sixth chapter, the last verse, says the wages of sin is death. If you sin against God, the penalty is death. You need to consider that. Now, there is a way out, and I'm going to share that way out with you. But the way out is not cheap. The way out will not be accessed by most people in our world. It has not been accessed by most people in the church. But there is only one way to access that one escape route. And that is by repentance and turning to Jesus. Most of the church has not turned to Jesus in repentance. We've said, oh, he doesn't mind my sin. He doesn't mind if I continue walking in this way. He doesn't mind if I Touch the devoted things? Yes, he does mind. Read the scriptures. It should be clear. Old and new covenant. If you have even the slightest idea in your mind that you can continue to walk in rebellion or sin against Jesus and you can still use the escape route of grace, then you have lied to yourself. You must enter into a great repentance if you are to be saved. There must be a great change in your life. Some of you are so casual about this that you go about doing the things the people of the world do straight from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you think, I'm safe doing this. God doesn't mind. He's got me covered. He loves me. I love him. We're good. No, you're not. No, you're not good. We'll come back to this. God is very upset. The Lord is very upset the children of Israel have disobeyed him. They have sinned against him. They have taken of the devoted things. That is, they have taken what was God's. They have stolen from the Lord God of heaven. I was thinking the other day about how painful it is 
when children are stolen from us. I have people that I that I loved very much who became very angry with me over what I considered to be simply ignorance on their part. And they stole their children from me. I wanted to watch them grow up. I wanted to fellowship with them as a family. But they stole from the Lord. Or I think of some of my family members who decided that what I teach is too dangerous for their children to hear. So they stole my grandchild away. They want the grandchild to hear that you're saved, that you're on your way to heaven because Jesus loves you unconditionally. It's a lie. So they stole my grandchild away. It's very painful when people steal things that are very precious to you away from you and cut you off. That's what happened to God. Achan stole from God. Stole very precious people. Achan's children, his wife, they're all included under this judgment because of his theft from God. They're all under judgment. And they will all die. Satan came and stole Adam and Eve from God. They were to be the first of the family. They were God's bride. Satan came and, with seduction, stole the wife of God. That theft cost God not only the precious ones he had created, lost him his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's just walk through a part of what happened. Joshua rose early in the morning called the entire camp of over a million people together. And then tribe by tribe, Judah was taken first. Finally, they came down to one man. One man. Achan. Joshua said to Achan, my son, I want you to notice how kind Joshua is, but how, I'm not going to say harsh, I'm going to say just God was. My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel. Give praise to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. In other words, there may be some way we can work this out. God has not told me what you've done. But I love you. Joshua thinking he was past. Achan, thinking he's past Joshua's judgment, answers Joshua, Truly, 
I have sinned against the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. This is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar, or Babylon, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. Then I coveted them and I took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So he's saying, of a man coming out of the desert. And I see this beautiful robe. And I said, I have to have it. He was stealing it from God. The silver, the gold. He put it in his heart. And then he infected his wife and his children. I want you to know that sin is infectious. I've seen it infect a wife or husband. And they sin against God. Not only do they sin against God, but they infect people in the broader family. They infect people among their friends and neighbors. They encourage others to put in their hearts the things that they themselves lust after. Joshua sinned messengers, and they ran to they ran to the tent. There it was, as Achan had said it would be. Oh, Achan didn't lie, did he? Yes, he did. But now he's in trouble, and so he tells the truth. They come back with the silver and the gold and the garment. They look pathetic laying out on the, on the ground like something totally unimportant. Man sold his life for the gold and the silver and the garment. Spending those years, the Lord God of heaven did not satisfy the hunger of his heart. He had to try to fill that hole in his heart with gold and silver and fancy clothes. I see the same thing happening today in the church. my heart. Joshua and all of Israel at God's command took Achan and the silver and the cloak and the gold bar but he also took his sons and daughters his oxen and his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, all that he had, his wife. He brought them to a place called the Valley of Achor. Joshua said to them, Why did you bring trouble on us? That's a key question. Why have you brought trouble on your wife? Why have you brought trouble on your husband? 
by your sin. By thinking it was nothing. All Israel. It's all the overcomers stoned them with stones. And then they burned them with fire. And then they heaped a great heap of stones over the family and all of their possessions. Valley is called the Valley of Achor, the Valley of Trouble. Think God is going to be any less judgmental about your life when you've continued to walk in Laodicea lukewarmness, you've continued to walk in your own ways without any passion for Jesus. You've never just given it all up and said, Lord God of heaven, I belong to you. I am yours and I am cutting off all of this sin. Wow. So now, clean. The Lord said, now, take your soldiers and go to Ai and wipe it out. They did so. What justification is there for God to wipe out AI? What justification is there in God for destroying the whole earth with a flood? Well, it's very simple. God is righteous. God is justice. He created it. The devil came in and totally corrupted it. Totally corrupted the little village of Ai. Men were going and sleeping with other men's wives. They were worshipping false gods. They were violent one to another. Always the same reasons. It's wrong. It's evil. Let's call it what it is. And you living in this laid-back, gentle, easy culture of America, you are pouring your sin into a cup of wrath. You may not have to drink it yet, Day is coming when you will. Now, the good news is found in many places in Scripture, but one place I particularly like Hosea is the Old Testament prophet. Book set. Israel's utter unfaithfulness to God sees the punishment, sees the pain and the anguish that is caused by their casualness about God. Say this to you very kindly. God is not a tame wolf. You don't play with God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. At great personal expense, opened the way for us to be redeemed. We didn't deserve that chance. We didn't deserve that opportunity to be redeemed into his love. All he asked was that we confess our sin. We repent with real action or sin. 
and leave the way of darkness, bitterness, anger, theft, cynicism, indulgence in sexual uncleanness, fornication, masturbation, sodomy with our, with even wives. It's, it's sin. It's flat out sin. Wife came to me and said, My husband is insisting that we sodomize. I don't want to commit sodomy, and I don't want him to commit sodomy against me. He said, What should I do? He said, One pastor told me, Whatever you do in the marriage bedroom is okay with God. No, it's not. No, it's not. We've become so infatuated with our wickedness. If there is not a great cry of righteousness, a great cry of repentance and sorrow, If there is not the sound of weeping across America, America will soon be destroyed, and you will be destroyed with America. We are, as Americans, in a place where the cup of God's wrath is beginning to spill over. share with you this text of God's mercy on Israel. This is Hosea, the second chapter, verse 14, 15. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her her vineyards Make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There is a door of hope that God has opened for us through Jesus Christ. That door of hope, if we will walk through and bow before Jesus, Weeping, giving up before him everything from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And once more come and bear the fruit of love and peace and joy, long-suffering, patience, kindness, mercy. If we will come and allow the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, by his blood, allow him to totally transform us into what we were before the fall of of Adam and Eve. You understand, this this is the long game. This is not a short one. The Lord wants to save us. That should cause us to weep in joy. to know that he is opening and has now opened a door of hope for you. And you can go through that door of hope into Jesus Christ. But the door of hope only leads Jesus. There's no wide open place where we can go and be our own gods. There's no place where we can go and say, Oh, this is great. I can do whatever I want to do here. No, 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 no. That was Satan's message to Eve. Look how it turned out for her. For the world. I come humbly to you today.
say, please, I'm pleading with you. Would you give up your stubborn ways? Will you give up your rebellion against the Most High? Will you give up your religion? Give up everything and enter that door of hope into the person, Jesus Christ. Remember I read for you this passage this week. Freedom is to set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look with me. Therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This door of hope only enters into Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There are only two laws, the law of sin and death, the law of the spirit of life. Brother, my sister, you can enter now into Jesus Christ. Would you renounce all sin, all pride, all sexual uncleanness? Would you renounce now all bitterness, anger, cynicism? Would you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and enter through that door of hope into Jesus? the joy, and the hope you will find in Jesus Christ. Tell you, my brother, my sister, very few people will listen to this broadcast. I know that. It's not my job to cause people to come to the prayer chapel or to listen to the broadcast. I've simply been told to speak the truth in love and let it rest right there. So that's what I do day after day after day. I am being utterly faithful all of Jesus on my life. I want you to be also utterly faithful to the call of Jesus on your life. One man does one thing, another man does something else at the call of the Holy Spirit. And each of us then, on that great day, stand before the judge. Not for me to judge, it's for Jesus to judge. I bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. Let's pray. Almighty God of heaven, I know that your love is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. I also know it's conditional on my response and my willingness to enter into that door of hope in the valley of Achor, the valley of judgment. I must flee through that door of hope into you, Jesus. 
No, your love is unending. No, it's conditional. I pray, Lord, you will receive your servant. Twyla and I will be earnestly waiting before you for that great day. Lord, we love you. We trust you. And I pray that any anything in my heart that is not right with you, would you open that to me and to the Holy Spirit? Remove it. I pray for those who have listened to this broadcast. I ask that you would bring deep, heartbroken confession and repentance upon their hearts even as you have unto mine. I know that you, Jesus, are the only safe haven to which we can flee. And I know that it's to you we must come, confessing what we have done like Achan did, but then entering that door of hope, entering into you, Jesus, for you will make us whole. You will forgive us for our sin, heal us of our iniquity, restore us, Almighty God. Trust you. With all of my life, I place it in your hands. Jesus. Mighty name. We have just minutes left in this broadcast. Pray for you. Lord, there are some who are never going to come through into the heart of Jesus because they love their sin too much. But I've spoken to them. Now, Lord, there are some who are broken, who are sick, who have allowed themselves to think that they will never be healed But, Lord, you are not a God who forgets about his people. I ask that whatever the cause of that sickness is or was, that you would remove it now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I come broken. Twyla comes broken before you. I ask that you would quickly move and deliver us and heal us, and restore us. I thank you for the prayers of your people. Lord, thank you for your care and your mercy. And I pray today, Lord, there are some who are crying out to you for a a Christian partner, a wife, a husband. Lord, I ask that you would hear their cry and put godly men and women together to stand together against the enemy. And Lord, some who are listening are in a very difficult place financially. Maybe sick. They may have just lost their job. Lord, you see the sufferings of your people. And I'm asking that you would meet the cry. That you would forgive 
your children of their sin, and you would restore them to your heart, that you would grant to those in such need finances to pay their rent or their mortgage or their car. Lord, I recognize that without you, I I can't pay for the radio. Without you, I can't pay for the mortgage. Lord, I can't afford anything. I have nothing. I have you, Lord Jesus, and you've been absolutely faithful in providing what was necessary to continue this radio broadcast, this gospel work. Lord, I lay my life down for this gospel work. You have covered the food and the shelter. Lord, thank you. I would not ask that you would do this for me and not do it also for all of your children. For you are a God of great compassion and love, mercy, integrity. Oh, Lord, I believe that you are the source of every blessing, that every good gift comes down from the Father of lights, that you alone, alone care for us. So, Lord, I pray for all the needs of each person. I pray for those needs to be met in you. And I know the most important need to be met in you is to be made righteous, to give up the ways of darkness, to give up the way of the lukewarm. You come in mighty power. Pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. I hope you know I love you and I'm concerned about you. Concerned enough to pray, to cry out to Jesus to meet your need. I'm nobody. I'm just one of God's children looking forward to a very close day when revival will break out across this nation. And men and women will come weeping to get right with you. Lord, thank you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I look forward to talking to you in person. I'll talk to you soon.